I shouldn't yell into the mic. I've been told at youth, actually with a lot of the youth kids, they go, you have a mic, you don't need to yell. Thank you so much, Pastor Charles. And I say, I get excited, I'm sorry. This is different, I'm gonna sit down, which is very different, because usually I'm pacing. Uh, but that's uh, kind of, we're switching it up for the, the summer season. We are doing um, stories of hope. And so you're going to hear a little bit from me. If you've met me before, it's great to see you again. If you haven't, I'm Pastor Nikki. You can just call me Nikki. That is fine. Um, and yeah, I've been a pastor at this church now for like 10 years. Yeah, I know. It feels like it. All of these wrinkles are from this church. No, just kidding. <laughs> Uh, a lot of great, great things have, uh, you know, happened here. And so I'm going to tell a little bit about my story. So maybe even th for those of you who do know me, uh, you might get to know new things about me. So um, I grew up in Brandon. This has been my home for my whole life, which is just a couple years, Tammy. Don't worry how many years, just a couple. Um, and so I was born here. In you can do the math, okay? I'm telling you enough things, you can do the math to figure it out. Uh, but I was born in Brandon. I was born actually uh, growing up in the Catholic Church. So a little bit different because uh, my family was all Catholic. So um, here's a fun story. When I was a baby, this is a story I don't remember, obviously, because I was a baby. But supposedly, how my mom tells it uh, is there's infant baptism. And so when I was born as a baby, I was getting, whatever, baptized and stuff, and I was screaming. I know, imagine me being loud. You couldn't. I was supposedly screaming at the top of my lungs, and my great aunt Jen said, this is going to be the first female pope. <laughs> yeah. So not quite there yet. Uh, I don't think I'll quite get there, uh, but... Looking back on it now, I, I think that was this great moment of a calling that my aunt knew on my life that obviously at that point I didn't know, and that for a lot of my life I didn't quite realize. Um, so I was born in the Catholic Church, grew up there. Uh, I was an altar server, so you know the white robes, with little crosses that maybe you've seen them uh, in person or maybe you've seen them in movies. I was that kid um, that I was always helping out. Our family was very involved in the church. And, and faith to me was, you were trying to follow all the rules. And I just, I tried to do enough to be good. Um, and so, I'm going to pray before I continue. But dear Lord, I pray that the words I speak today are not mine, but completely yours, God. I thank you for what you're going to do today. Amen. So as I continued, I grew up uh, actually even in Catholic school. My elementary school was Catholic, so uh, yeah, we would go to church even in that. We are doing um, classes to, to learn about what faith was. Um, and that was great. And once I got into grade 8, there was this thing called confirmation. So here, it's kind of like um, I how I considered it is um, when people decide to get baptized in this church, it is a decision for them. No one else is making that for them. They're saying, I'm 
I'm saying I'm going to follow God with the rest of my life. And so that's what I took with confirmation classes. I said, this is my commitment to say this faith is not my parents, this faith is my own. So I did all the classes and I did what I was supposed to do. And then uh, the first decision that I made, probably after deciding where to eat, but after that, uh, the next decision I made is I said, hey, mom and dad, so now that my faith is my own, um, we're going to go, or I'm going to go to a different church. I don't know who I was. <laughs> I don't know what got into me. But uh, my parents, I think, were just confused because they were like, what did we do wrong with this kid? I don't know. But I was like, I'm going to go to a different church because um, I'd been going to this youth group, actually the one here at CT, building looked a little bit different, um, but I, I'd been going there, and I said, you know, I think this is where, where uh, the rest of my journey takes me, and so my parents, who are so gracious, said, you know what, that's, that's okay, we are actually going to come with you, because their decision was they cared so much about my faith that um, they said, you know, we're going to be okay with whatever church we're at, but I guess we'll follow you to, you know, your church. Um, not really realizing that these churches are that different. Because um, when you take a Catholic church and a Pentecostal church, there's not, like the songs are different, the way people speak are different. Um, there's not a lot of raising of hands at a Catholic. There's a lot of things that are just very different. And I don't think I really knew what I was saying, but I said, this is what I want to do. Um, so that's kind of the big thing I decided to do. And... What I think amazing about this is in Jeremiah 1.5, it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Because God knew I was this kid that was going to probably drive my parents a little nuts and make these weird decisions that made no sense to me. So even making this decision to go to a new church was actually a very big deal in my family. There was a lot of tension. My grandmother and my mother, there was... Uh, they did not speak for a long time. There were family members that just kind of shunned us because of the decision that was made. And did I realize any of these things? No, I was a grade 8 kid. I just wanted to go to youth group, and I thought there was way more snacks here. Or something like that, I'm sure. But God knew what I was doing. And so even in this decision, again, I appreciate my parents so much for supporting me in that. But sometimes God's going to call us to big actions. Today I'm going to talk a lot about the, the call on our lives. Each of us have a different call. For me, these little moments are my call. For me, I felt called to be a pastor. For you, maybe the call is a job. Maybe the call is a place you move. Maybe the call is a ministry you start or a ministry you serve in. I don't know. But we're going to talk about God's call in the life. And so for me, God has called me to do big, weird things. Because most kids, when they, again, finish confirmation, they just say, okay, that was nice. I did what I was supposed to do. Me, I made this life-altering decision. And so I, was, I continued into high school, which was fine. So when I say I went to church, I went to church sometimes, but high school life gets busy. I had a lot of sports on the weekend, and sometimes I just couldn't make it. And, um, and going in from grade 11 to grade 12, 
uh, there was this lady named Pastor Ruth. She's actually not here. She's downstairs helping the kids today, which I would said, I, I promised her I will only say nice things about her today. And her husband will make sure of that. Because he, he's going to remember everything I said, and she said, I'll ask him. Um, but she was the youth pastor here. And she was one of the most annoyingly persistent people I've ever met. In a good way? That could be in a good way, right? Because um, I didn't come all the time. Uh, I was, in my mind, I was kind of like a fringy kid when, when kids say, how was, your, like, how was it youth when you grew up? I don't remember. I kind of made it sometimes. Um, and so from grade 11 going into grade 12, she had still taken me out for lunches. She had still called me. She had done all these important things to make me feel connected. And she said, hey, Nikki, um, do you want to come on this missions trip to Mexico? And I was like, well, I've been on it before, and there are things going on with my friends. And I thought, do you know what? I could take a two-week vacay. That sounds good. That's what I thought. I had been on this trip before in grade, uh, going into grade nine, or grade nine going into grade 10 or something like that. I don't know. Time confuses me sometimes. But, um, <laughs> right. Um, but I thought, do you know what, this will be an easy trip. So I go on it. It was pretty fun. I mean, there were all the ups, the highs and lows of a missions trip. And, and I went on it. And it was, it was good. I made some good friends. And toward the end of it, some of my friends start talking and they say, hey, let's go to youth camp. And I was like, I've already kind of spent two weeks with you guys. Another week doesn't really sound like what I need to do. And, like, I kind of I got my Jesus fill for the summer, you know? Like, two weeks was a lot, guys. Um, but this, again, persistent lady named Pastor Ruth said, I really think you should go. And uh, so, of course, I went. And there, um, the, the one moment that really sticks out to me, no, it was not what someone preached. I know it should be. But what I remember is me and my friend were sitting by Pastor Ruth. And we start laughing and, and joking around, saying, do you know what job we should have? We should become a youth pastor. Like, what a joke of a job, right? Isn't it so fun and easy? And we're laughing um, about how great this idea is. And, and we're like, oh, like, what do you even do? Like, you just play games and eat, like, whipped cream for lunch, Right. I don't know why that's what I think you do, but um, it's different. I swear that's not all we do, but sometimes it happens. Um, but we're just joking and, and laughing and whatever. And uh, the whole rest of the service, all I can think about is being a youth pastor. First of all, I don't even really know what that means. Second of all, all I'm thinking is, how do you become a youth pastor? Like, do you go to school for that? Like, what do you do? I have no idea. And so that's all I can think about. I have no idea what the person preached on. I don't know what games we played that night because I could not get it out of my head. And I ended up uh, speaking to Pastor Ruth later, and, and she's like, yeah, well, there's these things called Bible colleges. What is a Bible college? What does that, do I just read the Bible? And that's all I read. We don't have textbooks there. What is going on? I have no idea what this Bible college thing is. And so my friend, uh, who's also there, 
she is uh, going to actually a Bible school and then says, hey, and I'm going there to play soccer. And when she said that, I was sold. I was like, I can go there and play sports? Easy, good. I have this plan figured out. In Proverbs 19.21, it says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. I started thinking, I have this great plan. Because I think it's like the, the, the good thing is to go to Bible school. So I have this plan. Okay, I will go for one year, say I'm going to be a youth pastor, and just play sports. This is a win-win, right? I'm a good person, and I get to play sports. Fantastic. Um, so Pastor Ruth again walks into my life um, and says, hey, there's this youth conference you should go to. By this time, you would have think that I've learned every time she asks me to go something, it might lead to something else, right? I don't think I realized that. And so I go to this youth conference. I end up talking to people about what it's going to look like to go to Bible school. I come home and say, hey, mom, dad, so remember when I said I wanted to be a biomechanical engineer? What about a youth pastor? They did not think the pay cut was a great idea. But through some questioning, they were like, they knew their daughter, and they knew talking me out of it wasn't probably going to work too well. And they knew that this couldn't just be my idea, because I didn't even know what I was talking about. I hadn't grown up knowing all these things, so they said, well, let's see how it works. So I sent in, like, my tapes, um, because the school I picked didn't even have soccer. Why did I pick that school? What was I thinking? So I went to play basketball, which I liked basketball, kind of. We'll continue with that later. But God calls us through others. I've noticed that sometimes in my life I say, oh, I can't hear God's voice. Why is he not talking to me? He is. I'm just not listening the way he wants me to. And so sometimes he brings people in. He brings Pastor Ruth in to, yes, annoyingly pester me toward a great call in my life, toward something I never would have come up with on my own. And so I head to Bible college. I was supposed to go with a friend. Things happened. She ended up not going. And so I went to a school that was four and a half hours away, I think, five hours. It's by Moose Jaw. I don't know how long that takes to drive. Whatever. Uh, it's by Moose Jaw. And so I, I go there. I know no one. And... Um, it was one of the most loneliest times of my life. Because I go there, and these people do things like, they have these, like, they just pray for fun. Like, they say, can I pray for you? And they just pray for you. Like, that wasn't a part of my life. I remember um, they all know the songs together. They know all these verses together. I was like, what cult did I join? I was a little concerned. One time I was in, in this meeting with my dorm and someone had spoken on something and then at the end they said, let's all sing the doxology together. 
If you don't know what that is, that's fine. Neither did I. And they all start chanting, singing this song together. I was really wondering, should I, should I dip out? This is weird. Because I realized they all knew this kind of, they all had this language together, and I wasn't a part of it. And I'd go to these classes and even sometimes uh, be in, in chapel, and they'd say, oh, we're going to sing a song everyone knows. No, you're not, because I don't know it. But I'd never say that. That would be embarrassing, right? So I felt super lonely, and I felt like, God, you kind of messed up on this one. Because I had a plan, and it, it would have been better than this. And even on that basketball team, so I, um, I red-shirted, and that means that you don't play. And I was like, okay, well, that's a bummer, but whatever. And then uh, uh, when we went a week early, the girl, one of the girls who played my position got hurt that week. Uh, so then I ended up, uh, within a couple weeks, they were like, actually, you're going, going to be on the bench, and so we'll call you into games. So for someone who went and thinking sports was going to be the one thing I really enjoyed, I hated every minute of it. Every time they said, hey, Nikki, we're going to sub you into the game, I thought, how do I fake an injury? I do not want to be in this game. These things that I loved, I didn't love anymore. And I just felt like, what am I doing here? And it got really bad that I thought, even my parents would say, hey, like, if it's too bad, like, you don't have to finish. You can come home. That's okay. But I am stubborn, and I don't like feeling like I fail. So I said, no, I, I can tough it out. I'll just, I'll just tough it out for this year. And, uh, and there was this one worship night that I asked my friends, hey, do you want to go? And they're like, well, I'm busy with this. I'm busy with this, whatever. So I said, fine, I'll just go on my own. So I went on my own. And I was sitting there sobbing because I was like, what am I doing here? What is the point of all of this? I came to this school that I was supposed to get closer to God, that I was supposed to learn about God, and I don't fit in. All I've learned here is maybe this whole thing isn't actually for me. And so I just felt so lonely, and I said, God... Like, I get it. I need to make a decision. I'm either all in for you or I'm not because that's the type of person I'm in. I'm just like 100% or not. And I said, so if you want to do something, like, you need to do something because I don't know what else you expect of me. And I'm just sobbing, kind of like over like this, crying, like face and hands, and... I feel someone's hand on my shoulder. And I was like, why are people touching me? And who's touching me? I didn't even think about it, but I should have thought, more, like, what? You would have thought I had, like, a knee-jerk reaction, but I was so just, like, done. I was like, fine, sure, someone laid a hand on me because they know what that means, and that's the right thing to do, right? But no one had been sitting around me because we were in the big chapel. And finally, when I've... Like, 
am not complete. You know the ugly cry? Like I was definitely ugly crying because no one was supposed to be around me, right? So once I've kind of like, you know, gotten it together, I think, I look to my side and there's my one friend. I was like, she wasn't even supposed to be here. Why is she there? I look to my other side and there's my other friend. I was like, why is she here? And I look behind me and there's a third friend of mine. I was like, why are you guys here? So I asked, like, hey. I didn't say it that meanly. Imagine if I was like, why are you here? No, that was nice. It's like, what happened? They're like, oh, plans fell through. We, we just thought we should come. It's like, okay. I was like, I'm just going to go up to the front and, and pray some more. Um, because I just couldn't handle, once I realized they were there, I realized that I wasn't alone in that moment. And that was overwhelming. Because it wasn't just them that I was feeling the presence of. I was feeling the presence of God in that moment. And it was just too much. So I went to the front because I thought, that's where I'll run away to. I wasn't really fully thinking through this, okay? So I go to the front. And uh, and remember how I said that friend was supposed to come with me? Well, I, I didn't get that friend to come with me. So I did, she was supposed to be my roommate. So I had a different roommate. This roommate was the opposite of me. So how I didn't know anything and I felt like this kid that didn't fit in and I played sports and everything, this other girl was like Christian of the year, it felt like. She knew all the things. When I was going through something, she'd want to pray for me. Like, she knew all the worship songs. And and we had kind of had some tension because I just didn't understand her. And she was everything I wanted to be, but knew I just couldn't become. And, uh, and anyway, so I was at the front, just kneeling. And again, I feel a hand on my back. And I was like, who of my friends is following me? This is creepy, and you need to know boundaries. And it's that annoying roommate of mine. And she looks at me, and I was like, what is she going to say? And she's like, how can I pray for you? How can I help? And in that moment, that's all I needed. Because I thought she'd tell me how to fix everything. I thought she, again, was this perfect person that would be able to be like, I'm going to give the perfect Christian answer. But she just loved me in that moment and just showed God's love for me. And so I felt those feelings of loneliness, and I was like, I... I then had this amazing night. And like, maybe everything will be fixed. Maybe everything will just, I don't know, work together. I'll learn all what I'm supposed to say. And my friends walked with me, and that was an amazing time where, where she said, like, I, I told her these feelings I was going through, and she was like, Nikki, like, God's not expecting you to be this perfect person. Like, that's not actually what this is all about. I was like, wait, it's not about just checking off a list and doing it all? She was like, how long have you been in Bible school and have you been listening to anyone else? Which the answer was probably no. But she said, just be you. God loves you for who you are. God has called you. And so we continued to develop this friendship and it was amazing. 
and it stretched me in so many ways. Because you know when someone else does everything right and you feel like you're doing everything wrong? You love them, but they're just, they kind of just grind on you. Right? <laughs> so she was an awesome friend. But um, we continued to uh, Easter. So that's right before school is ending. And I kind of had to get to this point that I was like, am I staying? Am I going? I don't know. And so I came home for Easter because <laughs> I am not staying at the cafeteria for Easter. Uh, and my mom would always want me home. So I came home and I brought two friends because there were people from all over. So I brought a friend, I think, from Ontario and BC. And then the Saturday night, there was way... Uh, I stayed up much too late. So I was very tired and um, the next day I was driving home and we got about halfway and I was like I'm, I'm so tired and my friend was like do you know what I got you I'll drive the rest of the way which the rest of the way is easy if you have ever driven from here even just to Regina it is just straight that's how the prairies are right it's just like you just go straight. I don't know. So it's just a straight drive. So it's like, ah, yeah. Like, one, you shouldn't get lost. Right? You shouldn't get lost. Like, nothing will happen. So I head into the, we had the mom van at the time. So I'm in the middle seat. And I'm just sleeping. And I wake up. And I feel us going right. And then left. And then right. And then left. All, all that said is, oh, no. I was like, oh no. And none of the rest of us say anything for the rest of this. And we head straight into the ditch. We end up turning on our side. I don't know if, yeah. We ended up flipping on our side at one point, like going straight into the ditch. And, uh, and like a car width away from like a, a sign pole. So we don't hit anything. And I take off my seatbelt and I'm standing on the window because again, we're sideways. And I go, we're okay. Obviously in shock. And suddenly these people rip off the back trunk. Like the, whatever, like open the back trunk door and they are helping to pull us out. They're like, are you okay? And we look out and there's like 10 to 15 vehicles that have stopped at this point, trying to help us, which I don't, we are all like, 19-year-old college students that are just what happened. And so none of us really got hurt. The worst thing I got was um, like a pinched nerve in my back. We were very lucky. The wild thing about that is I don't remember putting on my seatbelt at all. And you could say, well, Nikki, you'd never remember putting on a seatbelt because that's a force of habit. Do you know what? I was not a smart 19-year-old, and that was not a force of habit. And I was fine. I, I, I didn't get hurt at all. And, and so we came, I finished up school, and we came home. And that summer, one of my friends, two of her really close friends, who were only a couple of years older than me, uh, both lost their lives in car accidents. And that summer wrecked me because all I thought of is, why was I okay? I get that I didn't cause any of these other bad things, but in that moment, all I thought with God is, God, why am I okay? 
and they're not? And the truth is I'll never really get that answer. Sometimes those answers aren't for us to know, which is frustrating. But I came through this, what I'd call an existential crisis, where it's, why me? Really, why not me? Why do you have me, God? What is this whole plan that you've been working on this entire time? In Isaiah, it says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they'll not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. God never promises us easy times. But he promises us that in those storms, in those fires, we're never going to be alone. He walks with us in those We have a God that doesn't leave us. And God calls us in those storms. And he was calling me and saying, I still have a plan for you, Nikki. I get that this year didn't work out how you wanted to, how you thought you knew all the steps. Well, no, I have bigger steps for you. I have more things for you. See, my story is God never brought me to one moment of clarity. Some people have that one thing where it's like, my whole life was better after that. If I continue telling you the story of my life, there's way more bumps. There's more times where I question God and I say, God, this, this time, if you don't do something, he probably is like, I'm going to call your bluff, actually. Because when you have a relationship with God, when you feel that presence, when I feel that he's put others in my life, when I know when he's spoken and said, I have a calling on your life, I can never take that away. So nothing was really just fully solved, but I understood in that, okay, God, I don't get it. I am not in control. <laughs> That's what I learned in that. I'm not in control. Just like actually how my friend wasn't in control in that moment, which I learned she was going down to have chocolate-covered sunflower seeds. I haven't eaten them since. Sometimes we just don't have control, and it's so scary. But it's the way of how much do we trust God. Because God claims we're never going to have it easy in life. That would be so nice. He never says we're going to fix everything. He'll fix everything for us. What he does is he says, I'm not going to abandon you in those times. I'll walk through you in them. Maybe you're not even going to see me. Because now telling the story probably would have been very different than when I was telling it in the moment, right? I'd have been like, God abandoned me. No, he didn't. He was with me. And the Lord's prayer has never become so real to me as it has in situations. When I looked at it, there was this one time I looked at it. I was going through the whole thing. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So not my will. Not what I want. I realized that's such a pinnacle part. Previously, I thought, thy kingdom come, thy will be, will be done, 
whoever made this, rhyming genius. It sounds good. So when I pray, and I pray not my will, but yours be done. Even if God has something different, different than what I'm planning, I will continue to praise you, God. So I'm not sure where you're at today. Maybe God is calling you to this big action, right? This action that when you decide that, people are going to wonder and they're going to question and it might cause tension. It might cause questions. It might cause people to say, you've lost your mind or I'm not going to talk to you if you make that decision, whatever it is. Or maybe God is speaking to you and he's trying to speak to you with someone and you just haven't been wanting to listen. He puts these important people in your lives. If I didn't have a Pastor Ruth in my life, I don't know. Now the crazy thing is I get to be the Pastor Ruth to some people. I get to be annoying to them. It's amazing. I love it. I say it's part of my job is to be annoying now. And probably those conversations she didn't realize that were important, they changed my life. Maybe people are trying to have conversations with you to help direct you toward the next step. Or maybe right now you are in a storm and you're like, God cannot be here. He can't be calling me to anything because I'm in a storm. Maybe you feel alone. You are not alone. It says in Isaiah, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. God has an amazing call on each one of your lives. And this isn't me saying it because it sounds nice. This isn't me even saying it because I know what that calling is. I have no idea. I am not the person that's supposed to be talking to you. It's someone else. But I know that because we have a God who loves us and because he has amazing plans for each one of us. He's already doing something in your life and he's going to continue to do it. But you just got to trust him. A life with Jesus means that our lives are changed forever. So let me pray for you. Dear Lord, I pray for each one of us today that wherever our stories are right now, that we can trust you. That God, if there's someone that we need to hear from, that we can trust that. God, if there's someone that uh, that's just going through a storm right now, I want to pray for them. That they can feel your presence that they can trust you with that battle, that you are going to do amazing things in their lives. And I pray also for maybe people that are nervous for the next step. Maybe there's something they think they should do or they want to do, but it's scary. God, I pray strength in their lives. You're a God who changes our lives. And we just trust you with that today. Amen.